Hey everyone, I'm Meg Teets and this is Sorta Awesome. Hello and welcome back, Awesomes. You are listening to the show that is all about helping you be smart, strong, and social. We are in your earbuds every single week with all the awesome that you need to know. You can also find us on Instagram at Sorta Awesome Show or over on Facebook in our Sorta Awesome Hangout group. This is episode 236 of Sorta Awesome. So, okay, Awesomes, gather around. I want to take a quick minute to tell every single one of you, thank you so much for being an awesome. You know what? I was thinking about this the other day. I do not say this enough, but I really do think about you guys all the time. The entire sort of awesome team, we're always thinking about you as we plan new episodes, as we talk about things that are going on in our online communities, just generally thinking about how we can help you find the awesome in the everyday. We really do think about you guys a whole, whole bunch. And this is just a quick reminder to you the very best way you can support Sorta Awesome is actually something that's totally free for you. It does not cost you a single penny. And that is just telling people about this podcast. In fact, I'm going to tell you a little story. We recently had a thread in our Sorta Awesome Hangout group. Somebody was asking, one of the Awesomes was asking about how to support a family member who is battling postpartum depression. And our community gave tons and tons of great ideas. We are always there for supporting each other. If we're in the midst of a hard time, we're supporting the people who are supporting those going through a hard time. So one of our awesomes, Angela, hello, Angela, commented, all of the above are great. And then take her phone and download a few of your favorite episodes of Sort of Awesome. So she has some friends in her ears when she's home alone. Oh my gosh, it makes me want to cry. Just read that. That is so sweet. I had missed that entire thread. That is just the kindest, biggest compliment. Yeah. Oh, my word. Seriously. So you guys, as a two-time postpartum depression warrior, I know how isolating postpartum depression is. And for Angela, one of our awesomes, to make that connection that sometimes you need someone to keep you company. And she thought that we, your girls here at Sort of Awesome would be helpful. It meant so much. So you guys be like Angela, just grab people's phones. Get them started with your favorite episodes. <laughs> sort of awesome. It's a little invasive. It's a little aggressive, but just do it. Just go for it. Be like Angela. We'll start a new trend. Hashtag hijack sort of awesome. <laughs> exactly. But you guys, that really is a fantastic way to spread our mission. And again, it's totally free to you. So thank you guys so much for being awesomes. Well, this is episode 236 of Sorta Awesome. As you heard, I'm joined today by my very dear friend and fellow enjoyer of all things pop culture and even, as we're going to discuss today, teen culture. She's the creator of SimplyRebecca.com and she's our longtime co-host, Rebecca Hoffer. Hi, Rebecca. Hello. I'm so excited to be here. One of my favorite things about being kind of in tune with teen culture is just like slipping slang into my conversations with my nieces and nephews and just watching them just be like, I'm sorry, what did you just say? Exactly. <laughs> yes. My favorite. Well, that's so nice that they say, what did you just say? Instead of like my daughters being like, mom, don't say that. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
I think I win cool points because I'm the aunt. Oh, that's I'm true. not the mom. That's true. You know, definitely. That makes a big difference. So, yes, you guys, today we are talking all things kids these days. We are going to give you a TikTok explainer. If you are on the outer edges of teen culture, then you maybe have heard people talking about TikTok. Rebecca, I put on my personal Instagram recently a meme that has the picture of all four of the Golden Girls sitting around a table in like a heated discussion. And the caption is women in their 30s trying to understand TikTok. <laughs> I remember that. It was a good one. It was so good. Very yeah. accurate. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So Rebecca and I are actually on TikTok and Rebecca has a lot of big feelings. So like I said, we're going to do an explainer for it. We're going to talk about memes and meme culture. We're going to talk teen slang, all kinds of fun stuff. I'm really excited about this one. I made the girls tell me all kinds of stuff. They are so annoyed with me right now, <laughs> but they filled me in all kinds of interesting teen culture things. And we're going to talk all about that today on Sort of Awesome. But first, let's go ahead and start this show the way we always do with our Awesomes of the Week. You guys, this is the moment in the show where we talk about whatever we're into that is making life more awesome right now, whether it's a book or a TV show, a podcast, a product, music, whatever is making life a little bit better. Rebecca, what do you have for us this week? Well, I'm sticking with the theme of pop culture and bringing you the latest pop culture phenomenon, Love is Blind oh. on Netflix. Oh my gosh. I know so many people are talking about this. My best friend Catherine is watching it. I haven't watched it, but I had a sneaking suspicion that probably you were, Rebecca. Well, I have to thank the awesomes for cluing me in because honestly, I'm not always in tune with what is the latest and greatest on Netflix. This is a Netflix original series. It is a reality TV dating show, which is, you know, sounds very up my alley, but I just don't always know what is happening on Netflix. Sometimes I can go a while without logging into my app, but thankfully the awesomes were there to represent. They were sending me DMs on Instagram, Sarah, Lisa, Thank you for alerting me to Love is Blind. Those are just two that sent me DMs. And then I did a Q&A on Instagram and several people there mentioned, are you watching Love is Blind? I'm obsessed with this show. The entire series, first series is out so you can watch it all. The premise of the show is this social experiment of trying to figure out, is love blind? Can you fall in love with somebody without actually seeing them? If you remove all of these social constructs of what it means to be attractive, what you think you're attracted to, who you think your type is, if you take all of that away, is it possible to fall in love and have a successful relationship? So what they do is they started with like, I think it was like 40 to 50 people, singles from Atlanta, and they brought them onto this show and they set up pods. That's what they called them. So basically, they were kind of like these little rooms where they would go into them, a woman on one side and a man on the other. And there would be this screen between them where they can very easily hear each other, but they can't at all see each other. And they would just do the speed dating. And then after a few rounds of speed dating, they could narrow it down to who did they want to see and continue talking and well, not see, but who did they want to continue dating and talking to on a more regular basis? That pod process lasted for 10 days. Oh, wow. And okay. at the end of the 10 days, there were multiple engagements. What? 
Yes. 10 days? <laughs> After 10 days of talking to somebody without seeing them, people were getting engaged without seeing each other. Like the proposals happened in the pods. I'm speechless. That's crazy. But okay. That is crazy. <laughs> so the rest of the premise of the show is if you choose to get engaged, then you go on a week-long vacation okay, to some tropical island, kind of like a honeymoon. So you're thrown right into this vacation. And then after that, they move in together. And because they all live in Atlanta, it all really works out that they're able to meet each other's families. They're able to continue going to work. But they move into this apartment complex and they move in together. And I think it just lasts like two months or maybe it's 40 days. I think it might be 40 days. At the end of 40 days, there is a wedding and on the altar, they need to decide, do you or do you not accept this person and get married? Okay. I'm, my head is spinning. I mean, Kyle and I got engaged after 10 months and there were people in our lives that thought maybe we we're moving a little too quickly. I mean, we were children for whatever that's worth. I mean, I was like 19, but still I cannot, I mean, my mind, I'm speechless. <laughs> it's a speechless type of show. I mean, it is crazy. There's just crazy drama. I mean, if you hate The Bachelor and you cannot handle it, like, this is not the show for it's you. It's not for you. That's right. <laughs> right. It's just not for you. But if you love a good scandalous reality TV show with a heavy sprinkle of romance and some, you know, cultural commentary, I think you're going to find it fascinating. I absolutely loved it. Okay. Interesting. And so it's on Netflix. Yes, okay. called Love is Blind. You can find it on Netflix. Okay. All right. It's fascinating. Like I said, my best friend Catherine's into it. Other people, I know lots of people are definitely talking about it. So, whoo, sounds like quite a trip. Well, my Oz of the Week is also quite a journey, but it's condensed down into one podcast episode. It's less than an hour long. So it's far less commitment than watching <laughs> Love is Blind. Perfect. <laughs> Okay, my awesome of the week this week is one episode from one of my very favorite podcasts, Reply All. Now, Rebecca, you and I have talked about Reply All a couple of times on Sorta Awesome. It is the first, you know, like major podcast that was released from Gimlet Media when Alex Bloomberg started it several years ago. I love Reply All. I've listened to every single episode through the years. I love Alex Goldman and PJ Vote. I never miss it. So, you know, some episodes are good. Some are, eh, some are a little mad, but some are really fantastic. Rebecca, I'm here to tell you this episode is one of their best episodes ever. It's episode number 158. The title of this episode is The Case of the Missing Hit. And it's probably one of my favorite pieces of audio that I've ever heard. It's fantastic in terms of storytelling. It tells a really interesting story. So the concept, if you're not familiar with Reply All, the context, the conceit of Reply All is ostensibly stories about the internet. They're connected to the internet online life in some way. But really, the reason Reply All is so fantastic is it's really stories about human beings and the things we do, the situations we find ourselves in, these types of things. So it's really fantastic storytelling. But also from a production standpoint, I was listening not only as a fan of Reply All, but also as a podcast creator and just like the lengths that they go to to tell the story. 
is really fantastic. So the preface is this. There's a guy in LA, not one of the hosts. There's a guy in LA named Trevor who is out with his wife and he starts singing a pop song from the 90s. It was like when he was in middle school or high school or whatever. His wife is like, what song is that that you're singing? And at first he thinks she's kidding because he's like, everyone knows this song. They played it on the radio all the time. You know, when I was younger, when I was a kid. And his wife was like, nope, and never heard this before. So he's like, no, 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 you know it. And so he starts trying to Google the lyrics so he can like, you know, sing the song to her and be like, you know, it was by this person. It came out in this year. Rebecca, he can't find any trace of it on the internet. He spends like a couple of hours that day trying to find it. And then they go about their day. And then that night he stays up like for hours and hours, Googling all kinds of like phrases and trying to place the song. There is no trace of it on the Google, which if the Google can't find it, does the thing exist? I don't know. Well, no, it must not. (laughs) So the story really unfolds from there. I don't want to say too much about the episode because I do not want to spoil the experience of listening to it. But I do. It's a couple of things I love about it. It's led by PJ Vote. That hardly ever happens. Usually if one of the co-hosts like leads the show and does this sort of investigation of a story, it's usually Alex Goldman. But PJ led this one. He does a fantastic job. Like I said, it's a really great story. It really serves some heavyweight vibe. Do you listen to heavyweight? Have we talked about this? I have listened, but I don't listen to every episode. You know, just sort of like that heavyweight vibe of like digging into the past and like trying to bring something to a conclusion. But most importantly, Rebecca, for you and me, it serves a strong mystery show vibe. And I know that you and I... mystery show. I mean, mystery show, also a Gimlet production. One of the best podcast series ever. It has that same feel of like, there's a mystery. How are we going to solve this? Can it be solved? I don't want to say too much. It's really fantastic. It is the kind of episode when I was done with it, I was just like, I'm so glad that podcasts are a thing in the world because this was really, really well done. (laughs) Well, I saw you recommend it on Instagram. I immediately took a screenshot. Your podcast recommendations never fall flat. So I will certainly check it out. Please do. And please do let me know your feels when you are done listening to it. Again, it's episode 158 of Reply All. It's really great. So those are our awesomes of the week this week, you guys. As you know, every week we are asking about what's awesome in your life. You can find us doing that over on Instagram. We're at Sorta Awesome Show over there. Or come join us in our Sorta Awesome Hangout group. We'd love to have you over there. We talk about all kinds of things, including an Awesome of the Week thread every Friday. If you haven't joined us, you can do that super easily by going to facebook.com slash groups slash Sorta Awesome Hangout. Right, Rebecca, let's get into it. I think that here at the top of this episode, we should just go ahead and dig into the world that is TikTok. This is something that you've been into, you yourself, lots longer than I have been. I've known about it (laughs) from my girls, but I've just been on the edges. But listen, last night, as we were prepping for this episode, AJ, my 12-year-old, my sixth grader, took my phone. She's like, here, mom, I'm going to get you on TikTok. And I was like, I don't want to be on TikTok. She's like, too late. I'm already doing it. So (laughs) she got me on TikTok. And I have to tell you, Rebecca, as soon as it was on my phone and I start swiping through those TikTok posts, what do you even call them? I don't know. We'll talk about that in a minute. I start swiping through. I'm like, I'm never going to get anything done again. This is so addicting. It is very addictive. Very, very addictive. Let's take a walk down memory lane with you. Okay. Well, (laughs) I am not that experienced at all in TikTok by any means. 
But in 2019, TikTok was declared the seventh most downloaded mobile app of the decade from 2010 to 2019. Oh, wow. And as of this past fall, there was 100 million U.S. users. So you may think that nobody's using TikTok and that nobody that you know is watching TikTok, but they are. They are. So I first heard about it because I'm in the like social media realm and, you know, online entrepreneur realm. And the idea of, well, do we join TikTok like for work? Like, is it beneficial for my business? But I didn't actually download the app until I went to a online entrepreneur conference called Blistem. I went there in November 2019. And one of the breakout sessions that we could go to was all about TikTok. It was titled TikTok. What the heck is happening? (laughs) (laughs) Which I think really sums up like how everybody in our generation is feeling. Like, what is this? (laughs) So I downloaded the app because I thought to myself, well, if I'm going to this breakout session, I should probably at least have the app and maybe have glanced at the app. So that's how I got it. I went to the breakout session. It had two content creators, two TikTokers. That's what they're called. TikTokers were there. Anna from Glitter and Lasers. She does plus size fashion and body positivity. I checked today. She has 4.4 million followers. Drea from Drea Knows Best. She does sketch comedy. She has 4.5 million followers. And then they also had a TikTok employee there, Steph Hind, and her TikTok handle is S Razzy, S R A Z Z I. We'll have links to these in the show notes if you guys are interested in checking it out. But they basically just explained, <laughs> like we're going to do today, what is TikTok and why might you care or might not? And why might you want to get on TikTok, as Meg said, or not? But one thing I will just say really clearly you can be a consumer of TikTok without actually posting and doing anything. So Meg said that we are both on TikTok. There's nothing that I'm creating for people to come see as of today. Okay, well, this might be a really good time to mention that I made a deal with AJ that if she would help me understand TikTok culture, the trade-off would be that she would teach me a TikTok dance. And that Which one? Are you going to do Renegade? Renegade, probably. <laughs> I love it. It seems easy. I think I can handle it. Then watch. It'll take me like three weeks to learn it. (laughs) I can't wait. I can't wait. So you may see me. Guess what, guys? I'm sort of awesome Meg on TikTok. I was just like, I got to stay consistent with my brand. So I'm sort of awesome Meg on TikTok. You may just see me doing a TikTok dance over there. We'll see what happens. But those were the terms of this deal where AJ was like, okay, I'll, I'll try to explain all of this stuff to you. So just a little bit of history of TikTok here. It ties in, especially Rebecca, you and I, let's go back in time to 2015. One of our first things that we talked about on the show was the app Periscope. Remember that, you guys? Remember Periscope? (laughs) I certainly do. Seems like five lifetimes ago instead of five years ago. But Periscope was like a very interesting experiment in that it allowed people to post themselves just in life, whether they were, you know, like walking around their town or whatever, or if they were creating content for Periscope specifically. Yeah. Live video, live video. So 
you know, we have this growing surge of interest in video being used on our phones, whether it's Periscope, whether it's Snapchat, which has been around for a long time, certainly, where you can post whatever. You can post parts of your day, DM people images, whatever. Vine, Vine was a thing for a while. Vine was what, seven seconds of video? Does that seem right? Maybe six. Six? Something like that. It was really short, little short snippets because we live in this attention depleted culture where we can't stay tuned into something very long. So six, seven seconds of content go by. People became famous on Vine. So that sometimes led to, you know, other entertainment possibilities for people. But Vine eventually went away. And then we had Musical.ly. And I was talking to AJ about Musical.ly. And she said that you could do some different things on Musical.ly. Some people tried to do the sort of comedy thing they were doing on Vine before it went away. But most people use Musical.ly for lip syncing to popular songs or whatever. And that that was the big thing about Musical.ly. Well, in 2018, a Chinese tech company, as you kind of mentioned, the tech company's name is ByteDance, acquired Musical.ly. They merged it with their lip syncing app. And the result was TikTok, which came out last August. And I found a statistic. You were talking about number, you know, like that it's in the top seven of all time for the decade. By September of 2018, it had surpassed Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and Snapchat in monthly installs with more than 1 billion downloads. So again, so many people using it. But so TikTok can be so many things. It's definitely, you've got people doing the lip sync thing. But besides lip syncing to music, you can lip sync and act out. (laughs) This is the part where I think a lot of olds like me start going, but why? But you can lip sync, (laughs) sort of, I don't know what else to call it. Clips of audio from shows like the Kardashians or, you know, other like even internet memes and things that have gone viral. If there's a clip of audio, you can act it out. (laughs) You can perform it. (laughs) There's a lot of that, a lot of that. You can dance. Comedians are on there. So they do like their little bits and whatever. So yeah, there's all kinds of things going on there. You can use it for like recipes. You can use it for makeup tutorials. There's so many things going on on TikTok. That's why last night when I was swiping through, I was like, oh, I am old, but I am starting to get a little bit of why this is so popular because there's so many people in the world doing so many things, Rebecca. It's fascinating. So I want you to tell us, tell us what you've discovered and who you're loving on there so that we can get enmeshed in this TikTok culture too. Okay, well, I also made like a list of all the different types of things that you will see on TikTok. I mean, there really is a genre for every interest. So like you said, there's dancing, there's makeup, there's fashion, there's animals, a personal favorite of mine, babies, comedy sketches, lip syncing to songs, people actually just singing their own songs, lip syncing to the TV shows, movies and comedy routines, cooking, art, story times, rants, pranks, and then practical tips as well. But I would say that out of all of those things, the biggest thing in each of those categories is recreating trends. Trends are huge on TikTok. Like if something has gone viral, the big thing is to recreate that, recreate the viral dance. Like what Meg said at the beginning, she's going to learn a TikTok dance. So much of what people are doing on TikTok is recreating things, taking a psalm, or a dance, 
or a comedy sketch or just a sound and putting their own spin on it. Because this is the big thing that I learned when I went to that breakout session at that business conference is that audio is one of the most important parts about TikTok. So for example, with Instagram stories, a lot of people say that they actually watch Instagram stories without listening to any audio at all. And they just kind of flip through, they read the captions. But with TikTok, audio is 50% of the game. And the video is the other 50%, right? At least 50%, I think, because if you don't have engaging audio, then people definitely aren't going to stick around to watch it. Right. And so with TikTok, just like on Instagram, you can search for hashtags. Well, on TikTok, you can do that same search with hashtags, but you can also do it with sounds and with audio, with filters and different video effects. And so you can pull up the Renegade Psalm that Meg is going to recreate for all of us. I cannot wait. (laughs) (laughs) And you can see all of the TikToks that are using that sound. There are like original sounds. So when you record something, your sound is considered an original sound. And then somebody can like download that. I don't quite know how this part works because I haven't created my own TikTok. I don't quite know. But you can search for other people's sounds. You can download their sound and use it. But that's how things just kind of build and keep going and going with these trends that people are just having such joy and fun in jumping on the latest trend and putting their own spin on it. And I feel like as somebody who's watching, sometimes the first time I watch something, I'm like, I don't know if I get this. But then the second time you watch somebody else do it, you're like, oh, okay, I see what's happening here. And then by the third, fourth, fifth time that you see this sort of viral trend go by, you're like, oh, my word, here comes another one. I cannot wait. Yes, that would be the hardest thing I would say to get used to is that I don't know how to explain this exactly, but so much of TikTok content is so driven by these viral pieces of audio. And you just see people doing their own spins and their own takes on it. Again, many people are creating their own original stuff, so it's not all that, but it's hard to explain. And I think that that is why so many people in our age group and older are kind of like, I just don't understand. I do get now that you kind of just have to open TikTok and start playing with it and you can kind of start to see what's going on a little bit better. Okay, so if you're listening to this and you're like, okay, I'm going to download the app. You guys have convinced me, but like, what do I do next? So to get started with watching TikTok, You download the app, you're going to pick your username, and then what's going to happen is you're going to start watching the For You page. This is just like the Discover page on Instagram. You know, when you hit the little search icon on Instagram, it shows you things that Instagram thinks that you're going to like. That's what the For You page is on TikTok, and you'll find viral videos there and other content that the TikTok algorithm thinks that you'll like. And then the more that you're interacting with the videos that you're seeing, either by liking them, commenting on them, sharing them with other people. You can send TikToks in like messages or like text messages. The more that your For You page will become customized for you and what you like. And then you simply scroll up to go to the next video. And they're all really short. So these videos are between like, I think the shortest you can do is like five or six seconds up to a minute. So you can just keep scrolling and see, that's why it gets so addictive is because you're just like, oh, 
this next one might just make me laugh out loud. You know, this next one just might be so just one more. Okay, just one more. Okay, just one more. (laughs) Exactly, Rebecca. Oh my gosh, it's so true. And I would not have understood it unless I was doing it. But immediately, and I am 42 years old, you guys, immediately, my first experience with TikTok, I'm like, oh my goodness. I don't even put games on my phone ever because I get addicted to things so easily. But oh my goodness, it's very addicting, this TikTok format is. So one thing that you can pay attention to is kind of the social proof that is happening on the video. On the right-hand side, there is some information about the video that you're watching. You cannot see the date that it was uploaded or how many views it has, but you can see how many likes it has, how many comments it has, and how many shares it has. And so sometimes when a video is getting to be on the longer side of things, I might like glance over there and be like, oh, well, like absolutely nobody is liking this video. This video must be new. It must be a new creator or something. Okay, I'm just going to scroll past it, which I don't know, maybe that's a little bit rude. But then when I see ones that have like tons of shares or tons of likes, I'm like, okay, there might be a hook at the end of this that's really going to pay off at the end. Like there's something about this that's really good. So you can kind of scroll past some of those that like just look for that social proof, like especially when you're starting out, it's going to improve your experience. Now, as people in their 30s and 40s, as we are, Meg, here's just some recommendations that I would have for people to look at. But first, I need to preface this by saying I for sure follow less than 10 people. It might be less than five. Yes. And I barely like any of the videos either because I'm really kind of nervous to mess with the algorithm. I love seeing such a wide variety of things. That makes sense. That I don't want TikTok to suddenly like filter out some of the stuff. That's very And savvy. just like lean heavy into one area. I'm a little bit paranoid, maybe. But these are some things that you might want to look for. There's a hashtag for over 40, a hashtag for over 30. I've seen some content creators using those that are producing, I would say, more mature content. And when I say that, I don't mean like, Mature as in like racy. I mean, mature as in like it applies more to me yes. than the 13 year old, yes, you yes. know? Uh-huh. Because I will also say that there's a lot of really young people doing really stupid things on this app. There's a lot of bad language. There's a lot of like young men and young women thinking, I'm just getting views by like looking sexy and flirty into the camera. And it's like, this should be illegal. This, no, like we're scrolling past this. And if you see something that you really don't like, I think you can hold your finger down and a menu pops up that you can say, like, see less of this or I don't like this or something like that. For some comparison here, Charlie D'Amelio is the biggest TikToker on the platform. She is a young girl. She does a whole lot of dances. I honestly don't see a lot of her content. It hasn't shown up for me very much, so I can't really speak to it. But she has 33.4 million followers. You guys, that's like, there's so many countries on this planet that have fewer people than that. And she has that many people following her on TikTok. Amazing. Well, and there's people who are huge on YouTube who have been doing it for a decade that have less followers than that. It's just this platform really is just blowing up. So two people that I always love to see come through my For You page, Brittany Browski. It's Brittany underscore Browski. She is a comedian. She's just kind of crazy. She has 2.7 million followers. Another one that is like classic TikTok. The real Raul Rye. 
excuse me if I'm pronouncing that wrong. He does just a ton of dances, a ton of the viral trending stuff. Like if you really want to see, okay, just show me one person who is like doing all that is TikTok. I feel like he's a good person to watch. Right now he has 99,000 followers, almost up to 100K. But again, like I'm not actually following. (laughs) I'm not following (laughs) anyone. You're not one of them. (laughs) So that's who I would recommend. I also just give a word of caution. Like I said, that there is some racy content. There's a lot of bad language. I think that you can maybe filter some of that out as you are using the platform. But it's not for the faint of heart. (laughs) I'm the opposite of Rebecca. I got on there. I just started following people. (laughs) One person that I found that TikTok suggested for me, and I followed him right away, is his account is called Cameron from Walmart. Have you seen him? He's probably 20 or younger, maybe like early 20s. And he works at Walmart. He's an associate at Walmart. And he does all these dances in the aisles of Walmart, like while shoppers are walking by and stuff. And it's very amusing. I love it already. Okay. Well, you guys, that's TikTok. Hopefully we've explained a little bit. I do feel bad because I just keep saying I didn't really get it until I got on there. If you know a young person, you don't want to put it on your phone, but if you know a young person, just be like, can I look at your TikTok feed? They probably will be like, uh, why? (laughs) Can I tell you my most favorite thing to do with TikTok is to watch videos and then find ones that I think my husband and one of my best friends would find hilarious. And then I send them to them in text messages. I love sending my husband TikToks, I think that are going to crack him up. It's just so much fun. Okay. I didn't even realize that that was one of the functions. Very helpful. Very good to know. All right, you guys, I have been joined by Nico. So here's my life. I have a teething baby who can't sleep because his little teethers are hurting him. He's got his one tooth on the bottom. The other one's trying to poke through. And the other end of my life and parenting is that I've got my teenagers demanding that I (laughs) do a TikTok dance. It's incredible, Meg. It really is incredible. In exchange for their information about teen culture right now. So I wanted to talk a little bit about meme culture. AJ, my sixth grader, is totally, totally into TikTok. She loves it. I really think she's an ESFP like you are, Rebecca. And she just, I don't know, there's just a pull there for sure. Well, my older daughter, Daisy, is more into like sort of like geeky culture, geek culture stuff. So she doesn't even have TikTok on her phone. She thinks she'll watch like TikTok compilations on YouTube, but she doesn't have it on her phone. But what she loves are memes. So she and her friends have Discord servers. We've talked about Discord a little bit before. Daisy's been on the show trying to explain Discord to us. I'll put a link in the show notes to that episode. But they'll get on Discord. Each of them will have an entire server on their Discord dedicated to sharing memes. But Rebecca, they're not the kind of memes like you and I might share on Instagram. They're really weird memes. And I'm like, Daisy, I don't understand these. So she tried to explain to me a little bit about some different kinds of memes that there are. One of them is called a cursed image. So let me read you the Urban Dictionary definition of a cursed image, okay? It says a cursed image is any image that can incite the five W's in a person. These five W's being who, what, when, where, and why. Things like this that are missing from an image are what is supposed to make you really think. And there should be no answer. And your face says it all. This is like me when I look at these memes. I'm like, what's the point of this? And she's like, there is no point. That's the point. (laughs) 
Okay. <laughs> this was such a common theme when I was talking to both girls about memes. AJ told me like, it's supposed to be like, you just look at it and you're like, what's even the point? And then that's what makes it funny. Gen Z's sense of humor is so absurd and crazy. You really can't explain it. But so like a cursed image is one that makes it look like there's something wrong with the picture. Like maybe it was a flash photo that was taken in a really dark place and the flash is like aimed on something like really unusual or weird. Things aren't how they are supposed to be. People are using things in the meme the way you're not supposed to use them, like using like a shoe to eat. <laughs> like using a tennis shoe to eat. It's so weird. This is something that pe- kids, kids are just like finding hilarious and sharing with each other. Yes, it's so weird. So that's one thing, a cursed image. Well, then there's the opposite of a cursed image, and that's called a blessed image. A blessed image, this would be something that we would find a little bit more easy to understand because it's just something that's either cute or wholesome or satisfying. It just looks right. It's the sort of yin to the yang of cursed image. And so, again, it's not even necessarily something that's funny. Like when I think about memes, I think of something that makes me laugh. But a blessed image could just be like, just pictures. Like it could be pictures of kittens or, you know, something, I don't know, something that looks orderly and neat or something. I was going to say something that's like satisfying. Yes, exactly. Exactly. So those are a couple of different kinds of memes that she told me about. But we were talking about like, these like seem so random. Can anybody just make these? And then they really take off. And she's like, no. She had a lot of big feelings about this. She was like, no, the more quality image it is or like quality, like you've put a lot of thought into it. That's what makes it an interesting me. Even though you and I might look at it and be like, this is just a weird picture. These kids have their own like sort of very subjective sense of if something is a quality meme or not. She talked a lot about something being a quality meme. And if the person who created it put some thought into it, into the construction of it, if they are able to like work a private joke into it somehow, then it's a quality meme. So. I cannot wait to see examples. I'll have her give me some. I'll put them probably on our Instagram account. Seems like that's the easiest way to share them. I'll throw a few into the show notes if people want to click through to see them. But yeah, it's really puzzling. (laughs) Kids these days. I know, kids (laughs) these days. Let's talk about another facet of that teen culture, that being something that's been even in pop culture recently, and that's Visco Girls. Rebecca, you want to fill us in on what a Visco Girl is? Yes. So I was able to really impress my nephews when I brought up Visco Girls. Basically, the best definition I found actually came from Wikipedia. So I'm just going to read it. The Visco Girl is a fashion trend or subculture that became popular among teenagers in the summer of 2019. The term references the photography app Visco. The fashion choices are relaxed and easygoing and include oversized t-shirts, scrunchies, metal water bottles, Crocs, and beach-related fashion. So a visco girl basically is like a way of dress. It's maybe a little bit way of life. They're often very environmental conscious. They have this kind of like easygoing, I didn't put much effort in type of style. Except the ironic thing is, is that a lot of the brands that are most popular with Visco Girls can be quite pricey. 
And I have watched several YouTube videos of people like becoming a Visco girl. So they like explore what Visco girl culture is and what is popular and then try to recreate maybe some Instagram photos that would be popular with Visco girls. And every single one of them comments on how expensive it is to be a Visco girl. So we're talking about things like hydro flasks, which are the like metal water bottles, Birkenstocks, reusable straws, pure Vita bracelets, urban outfitters. Like those are all brands that you would see with Visco girls. And it's just like a style trend, basically. It is. Or as Stacey might say, an aesthetic. <laughs> oh, yes. The kids would say that. Yes, exactly. Out of touch me said it's a style trend. No, it definitely would be an aesthetic. Yeah, <laughs> totally. Oh, my goodness. Oh, Rebecca, there's so many things that we need to learn, you know, so we can have the conversations with the kids these days. <laughs> Let's skip ahead because we were going to talk about a few other things, but I want to make sure that we can talk about some of the slang that kids these days are using. This reminds me, Rebecca, that like probably a year ago, I think it was a year ago, you and Nate did a little Q&A where you sat down with Nate and asked him if he knew the definition, if he knew what you were talking about when you used different sort of pop culture slang. One was so funny. In fact, if you guys want to go watch it, you can go to Rebecca's Instagram profile, which is at Simply Rebecca. Look in her highlights. Is it just under Q&A on your highlights? It's Q&A slang edition. Okay, slang but we edition. can put a link in the show notes also. Exactly. I laughed so much, especially when, Rebecca, when you got to the Netflix and chill one. <laughs> you could see, you could literally see on Nate's face, because he'd been laughing and joking around, but you could see the discomfort, like, sort of, like, wash over him when he <laughs> brought up Netflix and chill. And his definition of it was hilarious. <laughs> yeah, so some of the slang, like I said, we did this a year ago, and so some of it might be a little bit more common and people might know it a little bit more these days. Creating that with Nate is one of my most favorite things I think I've ever done on Instagram. I did not realize <laughs> how advanced my slang knowledge was compared to my husband. <laughs> it was so funny. Another one that we talked about, well, what really, the slang term that really got me inspired to even do the quiz itself was spill the tea. I had commonly said to some of my friends, I think at like small group at church or something, oh, spill the tea. And people had no idea what I was talking about. Oh, my gosh. That's so funny. Surely now they would a year later. I feel like that's so common. Well, I don't know. I would think so. I mean, if they're up on my Instagram stories and they have since been educated. <laughs> okay, But if you don't know. The definition of spill the tea would be like sharing the gossip, share your inside track. Like, what do you have to say? Like, tell us everything, like all the juicy details, spill the tea. Okay, well, I have some. I'm going to do a little quiz with you, Rebecca. I asked the girls, and this was really hard because they were having such a hard time understanding what I meant, even by saying slang. And I was like, well, like, what are the things that you guys say when you're in conversation with each other that like dad and I don't? say in our, you know, regular life. So I made a little list and I'm going to ask you about some of these, Rebecca. Okay. I'm very nervous that I'm going to get these all wrong. <laughs> these are like deep cut into true teen culture because some of them I've heard only because 
I've heard my girls say them or watch videos where it's used. Some of them I hadn't even heard of. Okay, but the first one's going to be pretty easy. This is a total softball. The slang phrase, big yikes. Oh, okay. Big yikes. I'm going to say that means like, oh, that's like really cringeworthy. Like, oh, big mistake here type of thing. Yeah, that one was pretty easy. It's the same concept of yikes, which again, most of us use and say these days. But Daisy was telling me, it's like when somebody like does something yikes to the max. And she did, she used that word cringe. Daisy, her favorite word is cringe. She applies it to so many contexts and situations. But yes, so she said, if somebody does something that's like truly like, ooh, like, oh, so yikes, then it becomes then a big yikes. This one is a little bit more crass. So I'll give you the heads up on that. Rebecca, do you know what a thought is? T-H-O-T. Okay, I don't, but I think it's like thick, sexy. I think it's like a person, like you would describe somebody that way. Mm -hmm. And if they are being described that way, I think that they're like voluptuous. When I say thick, I mean like voluptuous, curvy, sexy. That's my guess. You are totally on the right track with this one. I'm going to tell you that the crass part is the actual definition. So like I said, it's T-H-O-T. It stands for that hoe over there. Oh, okay. (laughs) Here we are five years into Sort of Awesome. I think this is the first time we've ever used the word hoe (laughs) on this show. (laughs) Now, I laughed so hard when the girls first told me about thoughts because they were calling each other thoughts, which I was like, no, we're going to stop that right now once they told me what it was. (laughs) But I was like, I cannot believe that my children are using a word, ho, that we used in high school. I was like, I can't believe that this word has lived on this long. But you're so right, because the idea is it's somebody, a girl, it's always applied to a girl, who kind of has that sort of Kylie Jenner vibe in terms of voluptuous, sexy, has her makeup done perfectly, likes to do a lot of show-offy things, Okay, so is it a compliment or not? Because, I mean, I kind of said it like it would maybe be a compliment. It's not a compliment. Well, it's mostly used derogatory, but I suppose if this is your vibe, if this is your aesthetic, you might totally like, you know, sort of like redefine it for yourself, like be a proud thought, I guess. (laughs) So people are not saying like, oh, my crush. They're not like talking about their crush. It's more derogatory. Right. The way I hear the girls use it, they are talking about girls who they think are being, well, maybe like a little bit, like I said, show-offy, but also the hoe part of the it part. is like pretty significant. We need to remember that, that that word is included. Okay. <laughs> Just think about back in high school. Rebecca, I don't even know. You're five years younger than me, so I don't even know if this was a word that y'all even use, but, you know, calling someone a hoe. Yeah. Oh, sure. Yes. Sometimes you'd say it, you know, jokingly with your friends, too. So anyway, thought stands for that hoe over there. So if you hear it, if you come across it on the onlines or maybe in regular conversation, now you know what it is. Okay, what's another one that I wanted to ask you about? Oh, okay. The phrase that's on period. That's on period. That's on period. Okay, so let me think here. So when you say something and you're like, eh. Period. End of sentence. Like finale or like final. So that's on period would maybe be like you're saying, yes, that's it. That's the end. This has been declared like a declaration. Yes. 
Yes. Yaki, That's on you got period. It. I mean, that is a sentence, but like, how would you use that? Well, just even like, so I was talking about that Reply All episode. I could say like, this is the best episode of Reply All ever. And that's on period. Oh, (laughs) I think I like it. (laughs) My girls use this so much. Now they use it like almost like aggressively because they like to pick at each other because they're teenage girls. So you know, AJ might say, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like AJ might say, your hair, your hair looks the worst it's ever looked. And that's on period. Oh, my goodness. OK, well, you know, I'm not sure if I do like it because on period kind of has like a whole other connotation, like when you're on your period. So I don't know. I know. I, I don't know if I so do much like with, I don't know if I could get comfortable saying this because to me saying on period is a specific thing. Yeah, I think if I said this to my girlfriends, they would get like visions of blood in their head and be like, wait, what? <laughs> not what you want people to visualize when you're trying to make it really for point. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. I am blushing so hard and also laughing. I wish I could laugh as hard as I want to, but if I do, I'll go into an immediate coughing fit. So I'm not going to do that. (laughs) Oh my goodness. All right. I mean, isn't it so good we can talk through these things and figure out, are we going to start using these phrases or not? Okay. Another one. I had not heard this one at all. And that is using the phrase or the word wig, W-I-G. Wig. Have you seen this? Yes. Okay. So I've heard of like, snatch your wig. My wig is snatched. Yes. Yes. But that's like reference in that sentence, wig actually means like a wig. The whole phrase doesn't necessarily mean that your wig actually was like snatched off your head. But like wigging out is like freaking out. It's like a combination of those two concepts. So I did some deep dive on this because I had never heard of this. Wig is, it's the shortened version of your wig being snatched or your wig incinerated. And so people have just shortened it down to just saying wig. It does mean like freaking out. For example, when you started sharing the news about Nate buying you the Harry Styles tickets and arranging the whole thing, I could have responded by just saying wig with an exclamation point. Okay. Okay. The idea being like my wig just flew off or. But my question here is for our generation. I mean, I think we're like a little bit like in tune here, but people listening are the awesomes actually going to know what we even mean when we say our wig flew off. Right. Wig is snatched. Like, I feel like that alone is like some slang that maybe is not used that much. Exactly. I had not heard of this. I had not even heard of wig being snatched or anything like that. So I did some research. I found an article that talks about that wig as it's used today is a slang word coined by participants in Black ballroom culture in which Black LGBTQ communities gather for special events called balls. And the subculture is characterized by glamour, including eye-catching clothes, stylistic dancing, and statement-making hair. And so again, so much of our current pop culture slang does come either from the Black community or from the Black community that identifies as queer in some way. And so things like Yas Queen and Sis and stuff like that, that definitely kind of comes from this same community as well. And then And I Oop and I Oop is from that community. And so these things go viral online or they just start being worked into online vernacular. And then before you know it, the greater culture at large, including white people, are saying things like this. So again, it's the idea of they would have these big balls, very glamorous, very big, 
showy things going on and a lot of them wearing wigs. And if something really scandalous happened or really like you're shook, like you're like so surprised about something, you would be like, oh my gosh, you know, like I'm not going to try to talk like that, but because that would be so embarrassing for all of us. <laughs> but the idea is that it was so shocking that either you tore your wig off or your wig went up in flames or your wig just flew off because it was so surprising and so scandalous and so shocking. And so over time, the kind of phrases of like wig flew off, wig incinerated, those types of things just got shortened down to wig. So. Okay. Fascinating. I learned something new with that. Okay. There's one more I was going to ask you about because I had not heard of this one at all either. And that is the word cap. Using the word or phrase cap. Have you heard of this? Cap. Can you use it in a sentence? Okay. If I said, what you just said is the biggest cap I've ever heard. Oh, is it like, I'm going to say like a little bit of an off color word. It's not very off color, but we, I mean, we've already said ho, but I'm just <laughs> like load of crap. Like, is that yes. what it means? Okay. Yes, exactly. Or BS or whatever. Basically oh, right. a lie. Okay. A lie, something that's not real, something that's fake is cap. And so the opposite of that would be no cap, where if you're like talking to somebody and you're like, I'm not, you know, BSing you or whatever. The teen version of that is saying that's no cap. Okay, well, where does that come from? Like shortening the word crap? What? I don't understand. I have no idea, but I was, again, talking to the girls and I asked AJ about cap and she was like, I said, do you ever say cap? And she was like, yeah, I just said that today. And I was like, I've literally never heard you say cap before. Yeah, I guess amongst friends, it's something that she tends to say more often. So oh, fascinating. I love this. I don't know why I think this is so fun and fascinating. <laughs> it really is so fascinating. And having two, like having a tween and a teen living in my house, I do have this like portal into teen culture. I don't always understand it. Like I said, Gen Z humor is so weird to me. It's really absurd. I don't know why they think the things that they think are funny. I don't get it most of the time, a lot of the time, if I'm being honest. But I do think just like from a sociological perspective, it is so fascinating. And I love talking to them about all this stuff. Well, I feel so disconnected from Gen Z that the very first time that you said Gen Z in the beginning of this podcast, I thought you meant Jen as in like Jennifer. And I was like, who's Gen Z? <laughs> I don't know who she's talking about. And then, <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and then I realized that you meant Generation Z. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I literally was going to ask who that was. <laughs> I will never stop laughing about that. That is awesome. <laughs> well, what's so funny is because a lot of Gen Zers, they're like really starting, especially the older ones. I mean, Daisy's 15, so she's not the oldest of Gen Z for sure. But they're kind of like starting to lean into this, especially I think because there's like so much pushback against millennials in sure. our broader culture. Like, oh, millennials do this. Millennials ruined that. I think that Gen Zers are really starting to be like, wait a second, don't lump us in with that. All love to millennials. We have a ton of awesomes who are millennials and they are awesome. For I think sure. I'm technically a millennial. Yeah, exactly. I think you are. It's just us Gen Xers being bitter about life. <laughs> okay, boomer. For sure. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. My girls have said that to me too, for sure. And then I'm like, excuse me, I am not a boomer. 
But yeah, so I think Gen Zers are like, don't lump us in with millennials. We're our own thing. We're our own generation. And I think probably most millennials too, because again, even just trying to figure out like what's TikTok, what does cap mean? These types of things. I think a lot of millennials even are puzzled. So Gen Zers are really starting to live into that identity and they're making their way in the world. That's for sure. It's so fun. Okay, you guys, we covered a lot of ground in this episode. We will have a lot of links in the show notes for you so you can do some more reading, investigating, do your own deep dives if you want. Come join us on TikTok (laughs) where we will definitely be doing things, or I will be, that are big yikes, (laughs) that are big yikes, that are total cringe. That's on period. (laughs) Somewhere right now, my daughter, Daisy, is sitting in class and like her hair is about to light on fire because she's like, my mother is being really cringy somewhere right now. I can <laughs> feel it in the universe. Oh, my goodness. So anyway, do check out the show notes for this episode. We will have lots more for you. Rebecca, if people do want to find you to talk more about teen culture and all of these things, where can we find you all around the web? Well, literally on every single social media platform, including TikTok, I am at Simply Rebecca. All right. And you can find me on every platform as well. It's sort of awesome, Meg. You can find the show over on Twitter at sort of awesome pod. And you can find us anytime on Facebook at facebook.com slash sort of awesome. You guys, thanks so much for listening and we'll see y'all next time. Sort of awesome was created and is hosted by me, Meg Teets. Sarah Robertson is our assistant producer and production collaboration comes from Kelly Gordon and Rebecca Hoffer. Kelly Gordon is our digital media producer and we are so thankful for the ongoing support from our listener supporters. Music is provided by the band Prager. You can find more of Prager's music at pragermusic.com. To find show notes on this and every episode of Sorta Awesome, and also to spread the Sorta Awesome love to all of your friends, you can head on over to sortaawesomeshow.com. 